I want to share with you um, some thoughts about the, from the Seder, uh, and then moving on to the the situation now. But let's let's focus on the lessons of the Seder. So I think if you divide the, the various different topics which the Seder talks about, it usually ends up being somewhere along the lines you're talking about the elements of Amuna, um, the elements of Masura and Kali Yisrael, uh, the the Kudos of Akaras Atzayim to Kadosh Baruch Hu, undertaking the Shibut of the Mitzvahs, and seeing that their life has a purpose, etc. Um, of the one I want to talk about, I would like to focus on the elements of Amuna, uh, which maybe seems to be the most obvious of them. Uh, and in many ways, we seem to have some difficulty with truly tapping into the Mrs. Amuna uh, the way we should. If we would, how do we know? And we believe we're not questioning our belief, uh, but we know that our that our our davening would look different if Amuna was in, was truly the way it should be. Our mitzvahs would be different, the way we carry ourselves. The Ramah, in the beginning of our Chaim, says a person, Shri Hashem Lenegdi Somid, is uh, a Mila from the Mila of Tzadikim Ahalchim Lithnei Lakim Tomid, that a person who stands in front of the king walks differently, talks differently, opens his mouth differently, eats differently, etc. So uh, that's the Ramah's picture of what a moon is supposed to look like. The Chabad Chaim said about Rebbe Chonin, that Rebbe Chonin was Vakaim, the mitzvah of Shvisi, Hashem Lenegdi Somid. So it means that uh, Rebbe Chonin's of the world are being Makayim Shvisi, and we're not being Makayim Shvisi. So obviously there's not our goal right now to be Makayim Shvisi, but maybe we can touch to a little bit what the Seder has to offer us, some of the lessons, and see if we can turn that into some way to the element of Amunah, and then apply that to our to the situation. Um the the the, the Haggadah gives us four bonim, and one of the bonim is the tam, and the tam asks a question, a very simple question. He says mazos, and you tell him Then the last one is any day elisha, and he got the mincha b'yamahuleim So it means the mitzvah Haggadah, which the Torah writes in Sefer Shmois, in Kapitel Yud Gimel and Pasuches. Is said to the Enyadei Elishol. The mitzvah which we're all doing the night of the Seder is said to the Enyadei Elishol. Um, it talks about if a person's by themselves and they don't have uh, children to ask them, so the wife will ask the husband. If the person um, doesn't, he's all by himself, doesn't have a wife, so he asks himself. But it has to be in a language of true, of, of a question. And the Torah, but the Torah specifically gives the mitzvah to the bincho b'yom hulaymor to the enyu de'elishol. It does not say there's any questions. So Chazal understood that to mean that he has to do things which are going to arouse the child's interest to the point that the child will ask a question. And when a Chazal is telling us that if you don't have a child, you ask yourself that question. Or you don't have, your wife asks the question, or if you don't have that option, then so you ask yourself that question. So the level of question that we're asking to be to to arouse are the questions which we see from the Haggadah are not very deep questions. We're asking the child. Um, we take away the ka'ora, uh, we take away the matzahs, we cover the matzahs. Um, 
And all of those are a way to um, arouse the question. Now, the question that a child is going to ask in the situation is, like, what are you doing? Um, that um, the more says a story that uh, he asked an avid uh, who was, whose master freed him, uh, what do you have to do? You have to mishabeach. So that's good enough. So we're not talking about deep philosophical questions. We're not talking about deep halacha kakiras. We're talking about simple questions. And these are the questions which, if we have a child, the child should be asking those questions. And that is enough to fulfill the mitzvah. And if we don't have a child, our wife will ask us those questions. If we don't have a wife, so then we will ask ourselves those questions. So we see that the bar, the chazal, understood in this mitzvah begat to the bincha, the questions that we need to ask to allow us to access the lessons of Higat to the Mincha do not have to be deep questions. Um, they're the questions of a, of a, of a Tom. As we moved from being an Inu Deilishal to being a Tom, Mazois, why are you taking away the Korah at this point? We haven't eaten yet. That's a fair question. Right? That's not a deep philosophical question, but that's a question. I don't get what's going on. Please explain it to me. So, if we take that thought, we realize that the level of questioning which we're looking for is the level of a questioning of a child. Um, so what can we take out of that? And there's the questions. Um, and this is the night which we're going to give our child through these questions, the lessons of Amuna, um, and then from Amuna, the lessons of Akar Satoiv, and from Akar Satoiv, the lessons of commitment to mitzvahs, and that there's a purpose in life, etc., the Medrash tells us that Avraham Avinu, um, according to one Medrash, he was three years old when he started to bring Darish or Kaddish Mordechai. Um, the, the reason why he was three years old, the Medrash says that there, the Yitzhagnidim the, the had told the, 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 the king that Tarek is going to give birth to a son who's going to um, create a nation and take away your crown. Um, or he's going to take away your wealth, actually. And uh, so Terach hides Avraham uh, in a cave. After three years, it's deemed safe to bring him out of the cave. And for the first time, he sees the, the, the Shemayim and the Oritz. He sees the world. So he asks his father, who created the heaven and the earth and who created me? Not very deep questions. But he asks very basic questions. We would imagine these questions. And, and really, any child could be asking such a question. In a thoughtful mode, and not necessarily a three-year-old, but a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, uh, looks up and says, "Where did this all come from? Right? Who who made this?" That's the type of question which started the process, which gave us a Ramavino, which gave us the Christ of becoming the Amanivkar. Why are Chazal telling us that Ramavino was three years old when he started this search? Why is that important to to think about? Um, it seems to be the Chazal, It seems to me that Chazal is telling us that the questions that you need to ask to get the lesson, what it means to find a Muna, again, do not have to be deep philosophical questions. They can be questions of a three-year-old, but they have to be honest questions. The advantage of a, of a child, when we use the word childlike, as opposed to the word childish, which is a negative connotation, childlike brings to mind a certain innocence that a child has. A child is trusting. A child is willing to be vulnerable. 
And a child sees the world with wonder. He doesn't have explanations for things. And therefore he looks at the world and the world is full of wonder. It's a wondrous world that he sees. The more you understand how things work, the less you wonder. The more you live in a world where everything seems to not make sense, everything doesn't, you, know, you can't understand why it's so. So you, you have questions of wonder. Now we all tap into this wonder, um, even when we're adults. A person sees a beautiful sunset. A person sees... Um, a birth of a child, a person sees a child developing, a person sees a waterfall, a person sees the, the waves. And the, 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 the poetry of the world arouses a certain wonder in us. We were, we're in awe of the, the beauty that we're seeing, of the depth that we're seeing, of, of the sight. The child sees the whole world like that. Because nothing, he has no explanation for everything else. We have a lot of explanations for a lot of things. And the more we understand, the less we find it wondrous. The child sees the whole world as being something which is wondrous. And those are the elements which are of the childlike element of Ramavino brought to play in his search for Kaddish Baruch Hu. And Chazal telling us that in our search for Kaddish Baruch Hu in our lives, we do not need to have deep philosophical discussions. The conversation that the, le that the level of the Haggadah is going to, is forcing us to ask questions of wonder. Mazos, what's going on over here? Why is this so? Like, it, I don't understand it, and I'm willing to truly try, try and grasp what it's all about. Revolba has a fascinating ka'ora in, in the Ali Shur Chalibes, where he talks about the mitzvah of Amuna. Um, he says, he points to the importance of that Amuna cannot just be based on an emotion, Amuna cannot be just be based on a masara. There is a mitzvah to give a foundation of your Amuna in, in, in your intellect. But it has to be on a basic level. It doesn't mean deep, deep philosophical arguments. It doesn't mean deep scientific or medical arguments either. But the, the basic questions of where the world come from, that the world has to have a beginning. Why is, why, why is the world the way it is? And these questions are enough to arouse an amuna inside of the person. So I believe that um, one of our biggest reasons why we have a challenge in the world of amuna is because we've left this behind. This wonder of the world, we live in a society where it it values intellect, thought process, the deep understanding. The an adult who has a childlike wonder to the world, we look askance at that person. Um, I was once traveling on the, the metro, and there was a African American woman who was reciting. Psalms in English, out loud. And as she was uh, going along out loud in the middle of the metro, reciting the Psalms, she, every every little once in a while she exclaimed, "I love you," and she mentioned the name of her uh, of her uh, her Avodazora. And I thought to myself as I was witnessing this that the average yeshiva man would never let himself do such a thing. Sadly so. Because he'd be embarrassed what other people think. that He he looks so unsophisticated to believe in God and say I love you to God in public. Now, 
it's for our defense, it's a little bit easier to believe and, and to have a, a feeling of a presence to Avodah Zarah, which is, which is physical. And when you put the, the believe that God has a physical form, it's a little bit easier to relate to him. And our challenge is Kodesh Baruch Hu does not have a physical form, and we know that, and that's one of the, the Yudgim Alikram of Amuna. So it's a little bit harder for us. But if Kodesh Baruch Hu is truly real to us, so the, the, the Mishabur points it out in different places in Halacha, uh, the Baldi Musa talk about it. Dabar Melech says, I'm not embarrassed. What am I embarrassed of? There's a creator of the world. He created me, he created you. If you don't know that, that's your problem. It's not my problem. If you're so sophisticated that you think you can explain everything there is in the world, and you look at people who, who realize that they can't explain everything in the world, and they realize that the world is bigger than themselves, and the universe is too big to believe that it came into existence by itself, if you don't understand that, so you're the one who has problems, not me. I'm not embarrassed to say that I believe in God. All right, that's, that should be our attitude. Um, I'm not advocating that we should necessarily start wearing towels and thrill in the public, etc. Maybe there's uh, a, a certain sneers which we need to have vis-a-vis the Umas Arlam. We recognize that we are guests in this country, etc. That's not my point. But the point is that internally we have a confidence in the clarity in this Emuna. But the Emuna that this woman was exuding was the moment the, the muna of a child. The, the childlike understanding that reality is vis-a-vis a Kaddish Baruch Hu, what am I more than, but, a, but my understanding of, the true understanding of the world. Do we really understand the world? Do we understand how everything works? Do we really get it? Do we, maybe we get, maybe we can explain a lot of the science, but how a soul works, no scientist has ever explained. How the soul connects to the body, no scientist has ever explained. Right? And even if we could, if we could give an explanation to "quote unquote" everything, but where did the matter come from that all that all that holds us all together? So there's this force. Where did the force come from? Bereshit describes Klaisel as, as "beni b'chayr yisrael." So we usually focus on the fact that it's a relation. That's a question, a relationship of a father to a son. I think maybe what we're trying to say is over here is that we live in a world. The Ramban says a language that. A father would never be manchel shaker to his children. It's total trust. The relationship of a father to a child, the child to a father, is trust. The trust of a child, of a young child, who has confidence in the relationship that they have with their father, they trust them totally. They feel safe and secure in, in his presence in his hands. So the stipler says, interesting, there's a letter from the stipler where he writes that uh, the biggest impediment to Umuna is Gaiva. That the more I put the focus on how smart I am and how much I know and how good I am, etc., the less my focus is on a Kurdish Borakul. And the night of the Seder, you have to imagine Klaisel and Mitzrayim. They lived in a world where they didn't have a deep, um, necessarily abstract understanding of the the creator of the world but they were they, they were an advanced culture they had a, a tremendous amount of knowledge of science of astrology in ways that we don't understand 
And all of a sudden comes this power which is way beyond anything which they, they could ever have imagined. And they just stood there in awe. It was Maragodol. And we talk about the fact that it was Maragodol. And there was, it was Oysos and Moivsim. It was Yer Chazaka, Bizarre These language of Kaiser were just standing there, theoretically almost terrified. Because they saw a world which they have no, they, they realized they saw power which way beyond anything which they ever had imagined. Controlling the world. And they learned in this process to trust that power because that power was there to take care of them. And that's the Muna we try and impart to our to our to ourselves and to our children the night of the Seder. Um we once said over from the Alta from Kellum, the Alta from Kellum pointed out a fascinating thing that Ramavinu is the Rosh Hashem He's the first philosopher, in a certain sense, that through a thought process came to recognize the Kodesh Baruch So he's the first. He's the first philosopher, but he's also the Murachesed. So uh, it would seem to be almost that it's Sufelik, as they say in Yiddish. It happens to be. It happened to be that Rambino had two meters. He was a very nice guy, and he believed in God, believed in Hashem. Um, maybe what we're, what we're saying that that's not true. Um, because of Rambino was the Mura Chesed, and Rambino saw the world in the in the context of it's not about me. It was an outward focus. It was a focus to be a giver. So what what other people need? What are the what other human? He noticed the other human beings. So from that vantage point, he totally eradicated his gaiva. He's willing to lower himself and serve the Arab, who worships his the dust of his feet. Rambam was running to get him water, to get him food. He's lowering himself, right? Because it's not about him. Once he took himself out of the focus of the, 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 of, the, of his universe, the center of his universe, he lost his gaiva. And what he sees is a creator all around him. So Ramavinu is the Mura Chesed. Ramavinu is the Rosh Hamaminim. Um, so I, I just picked up a Sefer from Rabbi, from Rabbi Jeremy Kagan. Um, and he, he has a long... Discussion about this point that Ramavino's mirror of Chesed is what allowed him to be the first, be a true Maiman and to ask these questions that where did I come from? I need to know because I need to give back to the one who created me. I need to figure that out. That was a compelling question to him. He says, and he wants to suggest why nobody else in the generation asked the question, but he points out that the impediment to Amuna is not just an intellectual impediment. It's an impediment of midas. That when we are we are masak in our midas, and we learn to say that to create the focus is not about myself. Then I see a kodesh baruch And specifically, what the disciples saying is not about myself and my and my gaiva. And even more specific, it's not about my gaiva about how smart I am and how much I understand and how much I feel I can control the world. So we look at the world. And we're used to the world, and we understand the world, and we live in a society where 
idea of relating things to things in a simplistic way, seemingly, an uncomplicated way, is not considered in vogue, not considered something praiseworthy. But it, it, the root of it is in this sense of gaiva. Our generation has a gaiva that we're so smart, we know how to real, we know how to deal with the world, how to run the world. We understand the world. Um, so taking this to the um, topic, which is around us, is a world where we're we're forced to admit that we don't know. We don't have control. It's a force to admit that it's a world where it's confusing. The nighttime is the night. It's a time of confusion. <clears throat> you don't see things clearly, and we talk about nighttime is the time of Imuna. So simple understanding is because what else is there in the nighttime? There's no. I can't say emes v'yatsev v'nochem v'kayim because I don't know. I don't see. That's a simple understanding of why nighttime is a time of Emunah, because without the clarity, all you have left is your belief. But maybe what we're saying right now is that without the without the clarity of me being able to figure it out, belief, belief, Emunah jumps out at you. Once I'm willing to admit I don't know, <clears throat> so then, from that vantage point, the Kodesh Baruch becomes more real. So when we're willing to see the world and see that 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 sunrise, see a child and be mispoiled, and truly be mispoiled and say, wow, where did that come from? Why is it so beautiful? Who made the, 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 the world to work like that? Well, there's a fraction of the lens which causes that the colors of the... But why is there a spectrum? Why is, why is there an atmosphere? Well, because the Earth has a certain amount of gravity, therefore it's able to hold well, who gave it gravity. So without going through all of the questions, we, deep down we know that we don't have the answers and we want to admit that, honestly admit that. And from that vantage point of realizing how small we are and how little we know in the face of the Creator, we will, He will become more real to us. So the Voida is not so much to make a Kabbalah to look at look at sunrises. It's a deeper in our emotion when we see them. Deep in our emotion when we think about that the Russian was Pekeach Yivrim. Deep in our emotion. And from that vantage point of having a deeper emotion to it, that I stop for a moment and I think, what a, what a wondrous thing is that a human being can see. Darwin, excuse me, Darwin is quoted to say that he, when he thought about the human eye, he shuddered. He was trembling in awe. He has no explanation for the human eye. So without getting involved in all the deep philosophical, scientific, medical understanding of it, but we intuit that it's an extraordinary thing the human being can see. It's a tremendous chesed that Bershom gave us that we can see. So, the the mazois of the 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 tam. The basic question that you, you arouse any day alishal. And were they any day alishal? Because sometimes we have to ask ourselves those questions. The basic questions, if we're honest about them and we're willing to be childlike, 
and allow us to truly have that wonder and say, not that I have the answers, but I, don't, I know I don't have the answers. And I know that I'm not the smartest person, the being in the world. And there's things in the world which are way beyond my understanding. It gives us a little bit of a more of, an, of a true connection to the world of Amunah. Uh, the Rambam, the tremendous philosopher that he was, the tremendous intellect that he was, after he finishes writing about tshuva, at the last paragraph, when he talks about Avas Hashem, the Rambam writes as if he's a poet. So it's fascinating to contrast the language of the myth of Avas Hashem that the Rambam talks about in the beginning of Sefer Hamada in Parag Beis, where he says that this and what is the way to the, the Derek to his album to his Yiro? Person is misperdent in the Maisel and the Bria and Ifloyim, Hagadolim, and he sees Chokmos Hashem like Erech Vein locates. He's Oyev and Meshabech and Mufara Misavatai Begdola Leda Hashem Agadol. He wants to know Hashem. He wants to have an understanding. And then he says, and those same things cause him to have fear. That's what he writes in Yisori Atar Parabes. But in, in Hilchus Tshuva, Perak Yod, he talks about the mitzvah of Avas Hashem, which we say every single day. That he has this tremendous love to Kadosh Baruch which is a, a burning fire, strong Almaoid. He's constantly dwelling in it. Like those people which are lovesick. He can never stop thinking about the woman that he, the object of his love. Greater than that is the love sickness that the those who love Hashem will have. They will have it all the time. Okay, so. The again, he has to let, let go of everything else and just constantly absorbed in this love. Okay, and then he says that the vehicle for that, the, the understanding of a Kodesh helps him do that. But the Rambam himself understands that the reaction, the, re, the final re, re, result of this Samuna and this Akar Satoiv and this Shiva to Mitzvahs and this purpose is Shira Shirim, is Avas Hashem. But Avas Hashem in the language of Shira Shirim, it's not just the Mitzvah of Avas Hashem. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's something which is created, connecting back to its creator, connecting back to its source, which is there can't be any greater connection than that. And feeling that presence, and feeling that that awareness, and feeling that of course at time, feeling that love to Kadosh Baruch Hu. and that's our goal to turn this amuna which we have into a hargasha of a true hargasha of Avas Hashem. So hopefully, we were able to touch into that a little bit. The situation around us is is is, is lending itself to that. We stand there recognizing we have no power. The admission of that this inability. And our inadequacy allows us to feel the Kodesh Baruch's presence a little stronger, a little more strongly. 
And with that, our amuna has become that much stronger. And hopefully we can, hopefully we can translate that into a different type of anhaga, how we talk, how we walk, our, our mitara and our mitzvahs. And we, we through that, this growth that we have, how whatever, any growth is significant. Even seems to be small, but it's true, there's all growth is significant. Any growth and any change that we have in our relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu will bring us that much closer to the Zman where the Bershom will bring a Shemesh Marpe, the Shemesh Sako Marpe Pekin Lefeha, Bibiya Sagal Bim Herbi Amen Rome.